Hallelujah. Glory to God. Welcome back. How was the test? I believe it was simple. I trust you. Glory to Jesus. They are just simple questions and I know that you were able to handle them. Hallelujah. All right, let's quickly have a word of prayer. Everlasting Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory. We thank you because your glory is here. Your power is here. Your presence is here. You are the great and mighty one. You are the rock of ages. You are the king of kings. You are the Lord of lords. There is none that can be likened unto you, Father. None can be compared unto you. You are the greatest that exists. In greatness, none to compare. Lord, in power, none to compare. In glory, none to compare. And so we lift your name this evening. And Lord, we declare that you are our God. You are our king. You reign in awesome majesty. We bless you, Father, in the beauty of holiness. We worship you this evening. We give you praise and glory. We say God is good and his mercies endures forever. Oh, glory to your name, oh God. We thank you for your glory that is here with us. Uh, filling the atmosphere everywhere. Where there is a member or a, a student on this platform. Thank you because your glory is here. And so we take charge of this atmosphere in the name of Jesus Christ. We make this atmosphere inconducive for demonic activities. And right now we declare flows of the spirit. The atmosphere is conducive for godly activities. Uh, activities of the spirit and of his holy angels. In the name of Jesus. Devil you have no portion in this place. We take authority over you. Bible says resist the devil. And he flees. He runs as though in terror. That is the case this evening. We take charge in the name of Jesus. And right now. As we go into this word, Father, we pray that your word will find free course in this place. Your word will come with so much power. Your word will come to change, to transform, to renew, to energize, to strengthen, to lift, to make new. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for refining this evening. I pray that your word will minister to your people. We give light and understanding. We knock out negative mindsets. We break every hold of darkness upon the minds of your people. Thank you because your word will steer men up unto godliness. Thank you, Father. I yield myself to you. Father, it's not by power, human power. It's not by might, in my might. I can of myself do nothing. My sufficiencies of you. I am here today because you sent me. And by the authority of your backing. <laughs> Lord, I stand to declare your word to your precious people. And I pray tonight, oh God, that as your word comes, I have all trance in this place in the name of Jesus. That from this moment, it is no longer high speaking. But you speaking through me in the name of Jesus. I want us to just worship God with this song. Lord, you reign forever. Lift up those hands. Say, Lord, you reign forever. We worship you. Just lift up those hands and worship him. Worship him. Oh, we worship you. Just say that he reigns. You reign. 
you reign, you reign, oh you reign, oh you reign, Lord you reign, yes you reign, oh you reign, oh we love you. Yes, we love you, Lord, we love you, oh, we love you, oh, we need you, <laughs> yes. Lord, you reign forever, we worship you, Karabashatai Dabaha. We worship you. Glory. Just lift up those hands. <laughs> Glory. Glory to the just sing glory, glory. Sing to him, say glory. Oh, Those 
You are mighty on your Say you reign, Lord. You reign, you reign. You reign. You reign, Zion's king. Kados, Kados. Thank you, Jesus. Let him hear your voice now. Just lift up your hands. Oh, worship the mighty one. Mighty on his throne that we is. We worship you this evening, Lord. <laughs> we worship you this evening, Lord. Oh, glory to your holy name, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. Amen and amen. Oh, glory to God. Pray in tongues for two minutes. Just pray in tongues. If there is any here not yet filled with the Spirit, is your moment. Right there, you burst out in tongues. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit in the name of Jesus. Be filled with the Spirit. With the evidence of praying in tongues. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Oh, glory to God. Amen. All right, welcome to Refined once again. Um, yes, the Lord spoke to me and, you know, this is the first year that um, we'll be taking this topic. The Lord told me to teach on this topic. So, um, I'm going to put this topic under, um, well, I, I put it under doctrine. Hallelujah. It wasn't part of the course before, but the Lord said to teach it today. And I'm just an obedient servant of God. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Glory to God. That's the key to following God. It's not about you trying to raise an ambition or trying to be somebody. It's you discovering who he has made you and being who he has made you. And so whatever he tells you to do, you do it. I'm excited to do this today. Rejoice with me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, so today I'm going to be sharing on this very simple but powerful message, living from understanding. Hallelujah. Living from understanding. Now, beloved, life is sensitive and life is deep. Life is multidimensional and life has its guiding principles. Hallelujah. There are principles in life that if you defile, there will be consequences. Hallelujah. And I need you to understand that life has its guiding principles. Life is first of all spiritual before it is physical. A mistake many make where they place the physical before the spiritual. You know, the physical is just like the display unit for things that have been settled even in the spirit. Hallelujah. And just as the physical has guiding principles, so does the spiritual. Amen. You understand that anything you throw up in the physical realm will definitely come down. Except it is operating by a higher force 
or higher principle. For instance, the principle of aerodynamics. And you know, I need you to know some things this evening. That when man fell, there was a principle that was put to work on the face of the head. And it is the principle of sin and death. If you read the book of Romans chapter 8, and we start the reading from verse 1. Hallelujah. Bible says, reading from verse 1. Amen. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Verse 2. Verse 2 says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So what this scripture is saying is that operational in the world was the law of sin and death. Let me explain it to you this way. It's just like the law of gravitation. Hallelujah. The force of gravitation. And under the operation of gravitation, when you throw anything up, try to throw your pen up this way, surely it will come down. Glory to God. Why will it come down? Because there is a force at work. There is a principle at work on the face of the head called the law or the force of what? Of gravity. Amen. The force of gravity. Hallelujah. And um, when gravity is acting, there is nothing you can do except you introduce an higher law, a law that is higher than gravity. And in the physical realm, that is the law of aerodynamics. Hallelujah. And when you operate the law of aerodynamics, the law that aeroplanes fly by, okay, it's going to work against and suspend the law of gravity. That does not mean that the law of gravity is not there anymore. It just means that you are operating something higher. So is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So already working on head is the law of sin and death. Please go back to verse 2. The law of sin and death. Glory to God. And the um, Bible says that there is a higher law than the law of sin and death. That when this law is operating, the law of sin and death is suspended. Just like gravity will be suspended if aerodynamics is at work. Someone say amen to that. And this is a mistake a number of believers make. That when you begin to operate by the law of aerodynamics and you begin to fly so high, you don't switch off the engine. Amen. Because the moment you switch off that engine, what happens? The law of gravity takes effect. So it tells you that the time you take a step to begin to operate the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, you don't switch off the engine. Amen. And that's why a man who has entered into spiritual things that does not look back. If you have laid your lands upon the plow, there is no looking back. Because the moment you turn off that engine, something happens to you. Hallelujah. The law of sin and death will take effect. Someone say amen to that. So tonight I'm going to be presenting to you some basic understandings that if you will internalize and live your life by, you will make so much remarkable progress, even in the face of any form of opposition. Someone say amen to that. Glory to God. Men who do not know that both the physical and the spiritual are run by some deep principles, and that's why God called them hidden mysteries. Hallelujah. And I want you to say this tonight. Say it has been given unto me to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Say it again. Say it's been given to me. To know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Come on, say it to yourself again. Say it's been given to me to know 
the mystery of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Only men of old, they knew some of these spiritual principles. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Even before Jesus came, they knew some spiritual principles. Hallelujah. So there are spiritual principles then. Some of these things now come into operation under the spirit of, of under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. On some other days, I'm going to deal with this. Hallelujah. If the Lord will permit me. But see where I'm going. Now I want to ask you a question. Are you aware, have you heard before in scriptures that King Saul wanted to kill David? Hallelujah. Maybe you need to take a tour and a deep reading of scriptures to see how much King Saul wanted David dead. Maybe you need to take a tour in scriptures to see how far King Saul went to the extent of leaving his throne and entering into the bush and the wilderness just to kill David with all his army because he was looking for one man, David. I need you to know how King Saul got so angry with his son, Jonathan, for partnering with David because he wanted David dead. Why then would David meet such a man at a time that he was sleeping and David did not kill him? What understanding did David have? Because if you look at it, a natural man, someone has been trying to kill you and now he's like, they bring the man tied to you. The natural thing to do is to end his life. Because ending his life is peace for you. You have rest. Why would David see Saul sleeping and all his armor bearers? And yet he did not kill Saul. What did he know that was different from the common knowledge? What understanding did David have that was not common to people? Hallelujah. And I also want you to know, you can see that story in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 24 and verse 4 to 6, how that David came across Saul well, in his weakest point, and yet he did not kill him. What understanding did he have? And you know, for you to know that it was not a mistake or a mirage, it happened the second time. Glory to God. And yet, David did not kill King Saul. What did he know? If you were David, what would you have done? Hallelujah. What did Job know that he didn't cause God? Despite the way Job served God and loved God with all his life, and things were working for him, and all of a sudden it was like everything went another route. Something he never planned for or imagined. Why? Even when the lover of his life was encouraging him to curse God and just die so that he could escape the pain. Hallelujah. Why didn't Job curse God? What did he know? Some Christians have not gone through challenges close to Job and they have given up. What did Job know? Hallelujah. And you can read about that Job chapter 2 and verse 9. Amen. Why did Jesus allow John the Baptist to baptize him? Despite the fact that John the Baptist repeatedly said that he is a man that I am not worthy to even, you know, um, lose the latchet of his shoes. And John raised it, but Jesus said, suffer it to be so. What did he know to have allowed that? Amen. 
You can get that story in Matthew chapter 3 from verse 13 to 15. Then why didn't Jesus call down a legion of angels when they wanted to kill him and crucify him? What understanding did he have? Matthew 26 and verse 53. Hallelujah. Why did this man that had great abilities, Jesus had great power, all he needed to do was to call for angels and no man on earth can lay hands on him to kill him. But why? Why did Jesus allow himself to go through such shame and such, you know, reproach and such beating and such death? What did he know? Glory to God. You see, men who live life from understanding will do well and will go far. That men will just live life by circumstances and circumstances. Things may happen. Circumstances may come to challenge your faith, to challenge you, to ask you if you know the definition of a Christian. Amen. But some understandings will keep you. Say, I have understanding. Say, I have understanding. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord this evening will have me bring you into some awareness that will give you some understandings by his spirit. Hallelujah. And if you can just hold on to these understandings, if you can hold this understanding in high esteem and live from this understanding, you will do well in life. Someone say amen to that. And that's why I titled this message, Living from Understanding. Glory to God. These are revelational understandings that you must live from. As a woman of God, a child of God, these things must be settled in you. If not, you might break some spiritual principles. Say, not me. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So let's go to these principles. Say, in the name of Jesus, I receive grace. I receive enlargement of my heart. I receive light and revelation into what I am hearing today. And my life will never remain the same again. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Amen. So the first principle I want to talk about, the first thing that I want to sink in your heart as a life understanding that you you, you live by and you live from can be found in the book of Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22. Amen. And it is just something very simple. It is the way God has made life. If you can have this understanding and understand it and operate from it, beloved, you are going to be up and high and above in life. These were some of the foundational understandings that the Holy Spirit gave me in life. Hallelujah. And honestly, they've made a lot of difference. Glory to God. Someone say amen to that. Thank you, Father. I've passed through some parts that I would ask myself, how did you pass through that? Amen. A natural mere man who lives by circumstances and circumstances could not have passed through that and still be standing. Amen. So what is it? What are these things? And in Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22, understand that it is a principle of life. And much more than it being a principle of life is a spiritual principle. This is one of the principles that God brought from the spirit realm and used to establish this earth. And if you will understand it and live by it, you will be a high flyer. Men may not be able to understand it and understand how come you are flying this way. But it will be evident that there is a force that is working for you. 
And what's the principle? Bible says, while the earth remaineth. Say, while the earth remaineth. What does that sound like? It tells you as long as we are on earth, this principle works. Amen. And let me say this to you, even on the other side of eternity, this principle is still existing. He says, seed time and harvest. <laughs> what did he say? Seed time and harvest. That's where I'm going. Shall not cease. Leave the rest. There are other principles. Amen. Glory to God. And um, if God permits me, one of these days I will show you the principle of cold and heat. It cannot always be cold. It is going to come. And every man must understand how to live well under the cold and live well under the heat. That's a message for another day. But these things don't cease. Understand it. These things don't cease. Summer and winter, day and night. Bible says even though um, 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 sorrow may, what was that scripture? It says the day cometh. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Joy cometh in the morning. You see that? So it's, it's all these things are based on this principle. But what I'm showing you by the spirit of God tonight is seed time and what? And harvest. What did I call it? Now, seed time and harvest is a major principle because many other things take its source from it. If you understand the principle of seed time and harvest, you will understand the principle of faith. Because even faith takes its source from seed time and harvest. Hallelujah. I will get to it. If you understand the principle of seed time and harvest, you are going to be someone in life who is so careful with words. I went somewhere some two, three weeks ago, and I saw two ladies talking to each other, and they began to use languages that I cannot even put on my lips for an example. They were playing. It's just like playing with someone and cutting the person, and the person will laugh and throw back her own. But if you understand the principle of seed time and harvest, you will become an individual that is very, very sensitive with words. Jesus Christ was not joking when he says that the seed is what? The word. The seed is what? The word. If you study the book of Genesis, chapter 1 and chapter 2, there is a verse there that says something very, the day the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to it. He says there is a way that God has made this life that he has put the seed of everything in it. He says the seed of the tree he puts inside every tree. Hallelujah. So you see that when a tree grows, it has fruit, Right? If you check inside that fruit, what is in it is the seed. It's a principle. Understand it. Glory to God. So if you take that fruit and you eat up both the fruit and the seed, you have eaten the future. Glory to God. You know, Bible says something about um, seed and bread. It says God will give you both seed and bread. A man that has bread and no seed is a man that has today and no tomorrow. You see that? It says God will give you both seed and bread. My prayer for you is that you will never eat your seed. You will eat your bread and plant your seed. Now listen, the principle of seed time and harvest is the principle of seed planting and then harvesting it. Glory to God. 
And I tell you that many people plant unconsciously. Either you plant consciously or unconsciously, you are planting. Glory to God. Now, if you look at plants that grow unconsciously, they are what? Weeds. So it tells you that many seeds that people plant unconsciously are what? Are weeds. When it comes to deliberate planting in life, that's when you begin to plant the right seed for the right harvest. And I want to challenge you today. Become deliberate about your seed planting. Glory to God. I want to read you some scriptures before I go into the depth of what I want to show you. And the first of it is in the book of Galatians, chapter 6 and verse 6 to 7. Amen. I'll just read all these scriptures and do the teaching. He says, let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth him in all good things. I'm coming back to that. And verse 7, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. But for whatsoever a man soweth, the same he also reap. Glory to God. Amen and amen. Whatever you sow is what you will reap. But guess what? Sowing and reaping is not in the same quantity. The harvest is always more. The harvest is always more. Never forget that. It's a principle of life. You sow one seed of maize or corn. What do you have? Glory to God. It's a principle of life. Understand it. And begin to live deliberately from here. There are some seeds that if you can put to the ground right now in your life, your generation will come to benefit from it. I tell you the truth, I lie not. Why then won't you be deliberate about such seeds? Glory to God. Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth what? Sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth what? Bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Let me give you an example. Someone wants to plant corn. And plant corn on half plot of land. One seed per space on a plot of land. Imagine another man wants to plant corn and he plants it on 10 acres of land. Both of them will have harvest, right? But what will explain this harvest? 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6. Such that even in your seed sowing, you can decide to sow sparingly or you sow bountifully. Hallelujah. But understand that this is talking about measure. You see that? If your measure is sparingly, you sow it, you reap it sparingly too. Of course, it will be more than what you sowed, but you understand that it's going to be in that measure. Glory to Jesus. So what am I saying to you today? If you understand this principle, it will bring me to the next one. Then you will understand the next principle I'm going to talk about. Amen. But before I get there, let me help you break down seeds, seed time and harvest. The principle of seed time and harvest has to do with your thoughts in life. Amen. 
Whatever you keep thinking about, you are coming to harvest it. It's a seed. Thoughts are seeds. Hallelujah. Why are thoughts seeds? Because thoughts are words in the mental realm. There's the spirit realm, there's the mental or psychological realm, and there is the physical realm. There are principles that run all these realms. There are principles that actually run the mental realm. And you know, you see some earthen religion are taking hold of it. Amen. What you keep thinking about. Hallelujah. And that's the principle of faith. It says now, because there is this principle, that whatever you keep thinking about, you are going to handle. You see that? Now think on the word. Embrace the word of God. Situations will try to show you something else. But choose to hold on to the word of God. Hallelujah. Say, I choose the word of God. Little wonder Bible says, think on things that are just, that are true, that are trustworthy, that are virtue. Just keep thinking on things that are honest. The word of God is eternally true. Put your mind on what? On the word. Amen. And what you say, what you say, glory to God, words are not just plain sentences that lack meaning. Because life is first of all spiritual than it is physical. And that's the same principle of faith in the beginning. When there was darkness, you never heard God said, how come the world is this dark? But why do we believers go on confessing the situation and refusing to understand that life responds to words that instead of calling the situation so that you don't keep multiplying it, why not keep calling what you want to see? You see that? And that's purely a principle of faith. God said, light be. How many times have something not good happened to you and you kept talking about that thing that is not good? And the more you spoke about it, the bigger it became. You didn't ask yourself why. Hallelujah. Seed time and harvest. This same principle affects prosperity. In fact, when you talk about the principle of seed time and harvest, one place you can see it glaringly is in prosperity. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You see, anyone who wants to be prosperous, of course, there are very many principles of prosperity that people will roll out, you read books and all that. But understand that prosperity, you know, in the spirit answers only to those who have the key. Amen. I will never forget a man of God said something that didn't leave me the same. He said when it comes to the issue of prosperity or poverty, he says prosperity does not answer to prayer only. He says you can pray from now till eternity. It doesn't mean you will handle money. I got interested in what he was saying. And he analyzed it. He said, when you begin to pray, it's like a man that is plowing the ground and commanding the rains to fall. 
He says, if the rain falls, yes, the ground is there, what seed will germinate? You've been spending your time praying, oh God, money, bring it. The Lord says, the rains are here because you have provoked heaven with your prayers. And anytime rain falls and does not meet seed in the ground, what happens? There is flooding. Amen and amen. That analysis changed my finances forever. It's a spiritual principle. Hallelujah. And as I go on in this teaching, I want to hand over to you five fingers of giving that must never be lacking in your life. No matter what. Are you serious about prosperity? You really want to handle money? Glory to God. Take note of these five fingers. Number one, pay your tithe. Someone will wonder why I started with tithe. You see, listen, the principle of tithing is rooted in priesthood. Glory to God. It was in response to priesthood that tithe was first given ever in scriptures. And the question you will ask yourself is that why didn't Abraham give 5%? Why 10%? Because it was a revelational giving. He didn't know why it was 10, but he knew it was 10. Have you been in that situation before? You don't know why some, but you just know the thing. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen and amen. Glory to Jesus. There was a time I didn't know why something had to be in my life, but I knew that that thing would come to be. You see that? He just knew by revelation that it was 10%. It's God's way of preserving priesthood. It's God's way of servicing priesthood. Let me put it that way. Glory to God. The principle of tithing. Do you want God to be involved in your life? Then begin to tithe. Amen. And when you tithe, do not just give tithe. Understand that there is a prophecy that backs up tithing. Now, when you undo the Bible and you open the book called the Old Testament, be careful for prophecies. They don't have expiry dates. Glory to God. When you come to the realm of the prophetic, prophecies don't have expiry dates. And that's why the word that God gave to prophet Isaiah, I can stand on it today and still command results. For the words of God are eternal. You see that? Glory to God. So God spoke through the mouth of prophet Malachi. And what did God say? God said to prophet Malachi, he said, whoever will tithe, I will open to the person the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. Before heaven records you as a tither, it's not when you start tithing. It is when you have passed through the test and you have passed. Then you are recorded a tighter. And the tests come in different versions and different sizes. It depends on who you are and the destiny you carry. But understand that you will get to a place one day that it will not, the most inconvenient thing to do is to tight. The most thing that does not make sense in that situation is to tight. Then heaven will be waiting. Are you a tighter or not? Because tighters are those 
who do not care about the circumstance or circumstances, they put God first. You see that? Please never eat your tithe. The tithe, I call it a covenant seed. It belongs to God. I sat down with the book of prophet Malachi and I was reading and I saw for once God asking men about they robbing him. In other words, God is saying it is mine. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Number two, give and partner with the work of God on the face of the heads. It's different from Titan. Give and partner with the work of God on the face of the heads. Now, when God gave me this principle in life, he said, never increase and my kingdom does not know it. You see that? No funds should come to your end and his kingdom does not know it. He says, is the reason I will open greater doors to you. You see that? Partner with the work of God. The issue people have is, how we sure they are not look for a ministry that is viable. You can see. You see that? And ensure you are partnering with the, women, I mean, with the work of God on the face of the head. Next to that, we'll surprise you. Give to your parents. Give to your parents. Someone came to see me some time ago and was talking to me about financial hardship. The Lord said, Haska, when last did you remember your parents? Say, said, ah, it's because I don't have enough. The Lord says, teacher, amen. If what you have right now is still small, even if it is 100 naira credits, Amen. Don't have money and you know there is nothing you are doing to bless the womb and the loins that brought you to life. It's a principle. And should I surprise you? The harvest of this seed is what? It's long life. Scripture defines it. And that's where spiritual things are so deep. The harvest for that one, no. Is long life. Much more than, of course, because you are giving, it will be given to you, but there is one harvest that heaven itself has dictated. It's not about my, what my daddy did is good, what my mommy did is not good. Mm-mm. 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 The fact that they brought you to this world, that's the qualification for that. Oh. Ah, they didn't pay my, when I needed, Mm-mm. story, 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 those ones are stories. How did you come here? What loins brought you here? And what womb brought you here? They are your parents. You do what? You give to them. Never forget it. Next to that. Give to your pastors. Give. If any man of God comes and is blessing you, transforming your life. this I don't like talking about money. Hallelujah. But you see, I'm talking to you not because of me. I'm fine. I'm talking to you because of you. I've noticed that we are in a generation where people like free things. Free things are, are, are very good. But listen, there is truly nothing that is free. For it to be free to you, Someone is paying it on another hand. I give you an example. Um, 
our ministry, SOCM, used to distribute, not you, of course, before the COVID, we've not done it during COVID, but we distribute the leverage devotional for free. And people get it and they say, this is for free, this book. But the truth is that actually it wasn't free. Some people paid for it. It is free to you, but it was paid for by some. I was in the university and I got a scholarship. The moment the money for the scholarship entered my account, you know I was a student, I was happy. The Lord says it's a seed for you to grant scholarship to others at the right time. Says, I just use this to call your consciousness that you must give scholarship to others. You see that? Amen. So don't be, you know, relaxing in an atmosphere and say it is free. You see that? Learn to give into what is blessing you. You know what you are doing? You are multiplying the harvest of the blessing. Amen. May God give you understanding. Give to the poor. That's the fifth finger. Beloved, let me say this to you. I was reading my scriptures and I found out something about God. You need to know ah, the ways of God much more than the hearts of God. Bible was describing how that when the children of Israel go to harvest after planting, Bible says that all the plants in the corners of their land, they must leave it for the poor. You don't harvest them. Amen. The poor must come and have something to eat. The Lord said to me, a blessed nation is a nation that takes care of its poor. I said, hey, Lord, help Nigeria. Hallelujah. A blessed life is a life that will not forget the poor. Every month you earn, has any poor been blessed? Never forget it. So let's go over the five fingers of giving again. Let's go. Number one, pay your tithe. I didn't say give your tithe because they don't belong to you. They belong to God. So what did I say? Pay your tithe. Number two, give and partner with God's word on work on the face of the head. Number three, give to your parents. Number four, give to your pastors, give to your mentors, give to those that are blessing you. You see that? Someone producing a circle of blessing with you, give. Next one, give to the poor. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. You know, something happened some years ago, and I I can't forget it. So, um, it was my phone, and all of a sudden, I wanted to call, and it says, your your credits or some, something, you don't have credits. I was so shocked. I don't have credit. I said, wow, your mentees have not taken up their responsibility. I said, ah, what's the connection between, <laughs> I don't have credit, Lord, I need credit. And my mentees, the Lord said, teach them if you love them. Do you want them to prosper? And that was the year God was talking to me about mentees coming into dominion. He says they are going to take the fashion industry, take, you know, the accounting, take the legal system. He's raising them, you know, daughters that are polished after the similitude of the palace. Hallelujah. And God said, 
This happened deliberately so that you can see how that your mentees have not been responsible for what they should be responsible for. I was like, why should they be responsible? The Lord spoke to me. I had an encounter with him. He said, teach them. And that year, I said, God, I've never, before then, I'd never preached about money. I don't like it. Talking about money. So it doesn't look like, ah, maybe she needs money. That's why she's talking. You know, that kind of a thing. I don't need money. But I need you to operate by understanding. You see that? Glory to God. And that year I began to teach. I don't know how many of you were at that retreat. We had it at Nathan's garden. Oh my God. By the time we were done, everybody was on the floor. What a meeting. I cannot forget that meeting. And what opened the gushers was when I started talking about giving. You see that? Hallelujah. May God give you understanding. Amen and amen. Number two. You know we are talking about understanding. What's the first one? Seed time and harvest. And that will lead me to the second one. Beloved, life is beyond what happens or what does not happen. Life deals in the forces that you are putting to work. I will say that again. This understanding changed my life completely. Open quickly to the book of Proverbs chapter 4. And let me quickly read you verse 23. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. So Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Wow. This principle, this understanding, if you internalize it today, it's going to change your life completely. Someone say amen and amen to that. Keep your heart with all diligence. It tells you that when it comes to the matter of keeping your heart, you keep it with all diligence. You give every diligence to it. It says why? For out of it are the issues of life. Another version puts this correctly and made it just straight for me. It says out of it are the forces that shape in your life. Out of it are the forces that shape in your life. Never forget that. So this principle is a principle that says to you, that it is not about what people do or do not do. It is not about what people say to you in life or do not say. It is more about the forces that you put to work in life. Please note it. It is, life is about the forces that you put to work in life. You see that? Oh, glory to God. And this principle only tells you that the devil will try everything possible so that you will begin to put negative forces to work. And that's the way it captures many people. A number of people start out in life, very good people, honest, with integrity. Maybe a 419 man just came and pshia, 419. The person gets bitter. Ah, ah. Before you know it, if someone can do that to me, I will also show people. Is about to start sowing negative forces. So there are forces of the kingdom of God and there are forces of the kingdom of darkness. Amen. Life 
is about the forces that you put to work. Deliberately or not deliberately. You see that this principle is still a child of seed time and harvest. Glory to God. But I need you to understand this principle. So quickly, let me tell you about the forces of the kingdom of God. Forces of the kingdom of God. The first one is the force of love. Is a force in the spirit. Is a force of love. The second is the force of faith. Amen. The force of faith. The third is the force of righteousness. The force of righteousness. Oh God. <laughs> Thank you. The fourth is the force of joy. The force of joy. The next to that is the force of peace. The force of peace. And next to that is the force of honor. (laughs) Honor. Hallelujah. Next to that is the force of humility. It's a force in the spirit. The force of humility. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. And next to that is the force of liberality. Oh, thank you, Father. Amen. Now, all these forces are things that we can sit with each of them for three, three hours each to talk about. Amen. So it tells you that this message is just a foundation to give you a kind of summary that as you walk with God, you hear a teaching on love, open your ears, because that's a force you want to put to work. Hallelujah. And may I announce to you that love is not naturally a force that you will put to work all the time. People will do things that will hurt you. That you feel like getting back at them. True? And the moment you decide to get back at them, you have changed the zone of the force you want to put to work. You see that? Glory to God. There are times where you mean well and you mean good. It has happened to me, you know, at some point in life. You mean well, you mean good. You are even planning about these people. You are praying for them. And they come and it's like they eat you. And you are wondering. And you are so touched. You are so, your heart is so disappointed. But listen, those are sensitive moments in your life. In your giving back. Ensure you are giving the forces of the kingdom of God. That's not naturally easy. So it tells you that it's a man of the spirit that can carry out this instruction. It's a man that I've chosen to live by understanding and not by circumstances and circumstances that can constantly put to work the forces of the kingdom of God. So what are the forces of the kingdom of darkness? Hallelujah. The first of it I would love to talk about is just like direct opposites. The force of hatred. Under that same force is the force of vengeance. You see that? And that's why Bible will tell you that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. He's talking to his children. He said, don't take vengeance. Yes, they have hurt you. They've done something wrong against you. But if you understand this in life, and this was the principle that David was putting to work. You see that? 
Oh, glory to God. Ha. What I'm talking about is not in the natural realm. Amen. <laughs> Next to that is the force of fear. Direct opposite of faith is fear. And next to that is the force of sin. Unrighteousness. Sin. And next to that is the force of sorrow, unhappiness, bitterness, depression, discouragement. Let me wait a little at this junction. You see, the enemy will try to strike the same point. Imagine someone, you know, something happened to your leg and it started, you know, hurting. And someone takes an armor and keeps beating that point, beating that point, beating that point. You see, it's not the point he's beating that he's going to. He wants you to put a force to work. And that's why Something happens, you were not happy, but you talked yourself out of unhappiness. Say, no, I would not put the force of unhappiness to work in life. Bible says, rejoice forevermore. And you begin to rejoice. Ooh, the devil says, eh? Tomorrow is looking for a bigger size to bring. Because what he wants is he wants you discouraged. And in what I'm talking about, beloved, it's one reason that God gave us the ministry of the helper. Someone said the helper. Because sometimes some of these things are not natural. They are supernatural. You see that? And that's why sometimes, you know, something is happening and it's getting you down. You say, Holy Spirit, help me. Because you understand that that force that the enemy is trying to put to work to bring to you a multiplication effect of that negative force is something you must stop. You must halt it by the help of the Holy Spirit. This will wonder, Bible gives some instructions. You wonder why those instructions are there. It says rejoice forevermore. You are almost going to ask, is it every day everything you rejoice about to happen? He says, no, put the force of joy to work. It's a force in my kingdom. Put it to work. You see that? Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Next to that is the direct opposite of peace. What can that be? Huh? Unrest. Strive. Strive. That's why Bible says, as much as possible, live in peace with all men. Now, people who choose to live by this understanding, we look foolish sometimes. In fact, most times. But the truth is, they are wiser. Amen. Amen. There was some time, you know, ago, someone was striving with something that rightfully belonged to me. And there was just this strife. And I'm wondering, ah, ah. And the person says he must take the thing. I went to pray. The Lord says, prioritize peace. I understood it. It was painful. Like, ah, ah. I'll just let it go. The Lord says, prioritize what? Peace. Put the force of my kingdom to work. 
I looked foolish. In fact, some people told me that how would you allow such a nonsense? But I knew that I was operating from a kingdom realm. So I allowed the person go away with the thing. Amen. Guess what happened? Of course, there was peace. There was no strife. But years later, the person came to apologize. I was surprised because this is someone that does not apologize to nobody. Came to apologize and said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said, you are forgiven. I mean, I chose to prioritize peace. How many times in your life have people offered you strive and you gave strive in return? How many times? Have people put the forces of darkness to work and you, re- you returned it by the same forces? Then where is the difference between you and them? And that is the principle of do good to those that hate you. You see that? Love them that you see that? Glory to God. That's where that principle is from. Out of your heart are the issues, the forces that shape in life. If you keep giving everybody a piece of your heart, a time will come that you will become heartless. Amen. So it tells you that life is going to demand from you to respond supernaturally. Men will constantly respond naturally. They don't go far in their work with God. One of the signs of Christian maturity is the ability to respond supernaturally. And not naturally, even when it looks like the most stupid thing to do on the face of the earth. Amen. Oh, all glory to God. Did you get that? And the next to it, what would that be? Dishonor. Dishonor. When people offer you dishonor, do not don't dishonor them. Because what you're going to do is you're going to set an atmosphere in your life that will keep working for you. And that's where men will not be able to define you, define your increase, define your progress, define your, you know, just wonder that how come things are just happening. It's an atmosphere you have maintained. Because that's what empowers angels of God. That's what empowers the flow of his kingdom. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We have the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yes, by nature. And we cannot deny our nature. We must stay true to our nature. Glory to God. There is no such thing as we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and we're bringing out the fruits of unrighteousness. It doesn't make physical sense. How can it even make spiritual sense? You see that? You have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus as an empowerment in your spirit to be able to bear fruits of righteousness. Unto that righteousness you have on the inside begins to produce fruits. You are still a babe. 
And that's why one of the marks of Christian maturity is those that have become skillful in the word of righteousness. You see that? Those who have been able to produce with their righteous nature that now they are bearing fruits of righteousness. I hope that's not too... Um, <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. I hope you are getting blessed. And the next to that is what? Pride. Pride. In fact, this is one of the forces of darkness that you prayerfully need to be, to be delivered from, to be redeemed from. How do I put it? To be, to be free from. Let me put it that way. Because we are redeemed, we are delivered. To be truly free, it needs prayer. You know, many years ago, the word of the Lord came to someone and said, you are proud. And the person looked at himself and said, pride, me? <laughs> but the person was wise. That if God is saying that you are proud, will you say God lied? So he went to God and said, God, show it to me. By the time the person was done, he saw how arrogant and how proud he has been. Yet he did not know it. Amen. And let me say this to you. One of the dangers of pride is that it repels grace. Bible says that God grants grace to the humble. But what happens to the proud? He resists the proud. That word is strong. He resists. It's not that I will not grant grace to the humble. You see that? It's, I mean to the proud. To the proud. He says, I will grant grace to the humble. And he didn't read, I will not grant grace to the proud. He says, I will resist the proud. That's terrible. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. And what will be the next one? Being stingy. Life is all about you. The word right there is selfishness. It is me, I, me, myself, I, give me another one. My, uh everything has to be you. My child, is only your child that is child on the face of the earth. Me, I, have you ever thought of the comfort of someone else? Must it always be about your own comfort? You mean every provision God puts in your hands is just for you? You mean with all this complaining that you have been, you know, giving regularly, you mean there is nobody whose situation is worse than yours? You mean there is nobody whom the clothes you want to leave and say, I'm not wearing this one, will not be like Christmas clothes to that person? The forces that shape in life. So when life offers you a negative force, how do you respond? Huh? Huh? The force of the kingdom. Is it natural? It's supernatural response. You see that? If you will internalize this understanding such that when that person is doing evil against you, 
You understand that it's not just about this thing this person is doing. It's more about what the devil wants me to put to effect in my own life. Wants me to now sow evil so that I can harvest. Say, not me. Please, do you understand it? Hallelujah. And um, let me quickly talk about honor. You see, I have noticed that in this internet generation, the principle of honor, the understanding of honor, is fast being eroded. And study your Bible from Genesis to Revelation. One of the conclusions you will come to about God is that God is the God of honor. I was studying um, a book of the Bible of recent. I think it was Malachi. Hallelujah. And one of the things I gleaned out of the book of Malachi is that God is very honor conscious. He wants his honor. He won't share it with anyone. Hallelujah. And God on earth, for men to understand and internalize this principle of honor, he has put down systems that men must honor. Hallelujah. And I see people, you know, bringing it down, slashing it down, especially in this age of everybody wanting to become Americanized in their thinking. Hallelujah. America is where they are now. They are doing very well, of course, with present post-COVID challenges. Amen. They are doing very well, you know, economically. There's, the streets are good and all that. But they know that something is missing. Their children are no longer going to school as they hurt so. Their children no longer respect any instruction except it has to do with police arresting you. Their children do not understand the place of right and bad and evil. They tell you it depends on how you see it. How did they get here? I traveled some years ago to the UK. And um, I came back to Nigeria with a heavy burden praying and weeping in prayers continuously. And um, one of the things I saw, of course, I saw many things that affected me then, that put that strong burden on my heart. One of the things I saw was I was on a train. I think we were moving from Newcastle upon Tyne to London. And while on the train, the people that sat at the other side was a very young teenagers, a young guy and a girl. I mean, of course, the girl, you know how they dress. That's not new in that land. She was really dressed, you know, for the catch. You know what I mean? Hallelujah. And this guy was all around her. And they were sitting just opposite where I was sitting. And of course, I could see. And right before me in the train, they began to have sex. And I'm like, what? I didn't know it had come to this. You know, all of a sudden, I spotted um, one of the train authorities coming. Amen. And I felt like, ah, thank God. At least this person will come and instill some measure of, you know, whatever here. And you know, the person came in uniform and looked at them and smiled. And just turned and was walking away. I was almost going to call the person back. And I was like, oh my God. 
One, it was a culture shock for me. Two, it was a kingdom shock for me. And I felt like Christianity started from here. What happened to you people? Amen. As it come to that, the last city that did that was burnt, was destroyed. Sodom and Gomorrah. No honor for sexual intercourse anymore. It's, I mean, people say it there that it's, it's a way of saying, I appreciate you. There's nothing to it. Just enjoy yourself. It's just catching fun. And I begin to see youths even in our own country imbibing the same culture. I said, come, where are we people going? Are we going to copy both the pluses and the minuses of America? I mean, there are many things to copy. Copy the pluses. But let's be careful for the things that brought them into challenges. Amen. A country where a child can look at parents and say, Daddy, shut up. I was not talking to you. And the child is not wrong. Amen. If that happened in the days of scriptures, that child will be stoned to death. You get, read your Bible. You don't call your parents a cost. And now things that God placed on our horn have become so light in the eyes of people. And they say that they are getting civilized. And I want to ask, is this civilization or entanglement and bondage? Is this civilization or creating a system of causes around? Why are we going to keep multiplying negative causes and call it civilization? Amen. A system that can open their mouth and say anything about any pastor. Of course, we know that, yes, there is pastors that God called. And there is counterfeits. I mean, it's just, it's just common. When last did you check your body products that are really good? Have you been to the market and you're sure you, there are no counterfeits of it? It's just common in life for anything to even have a counterfeit. It tells you the original exists somewhere. True? But now, there is no difference. And people wonder why even anointed pastors will pray for some people and there will be no results. Because there is no honor. Hallelujah. The day you stop honoring your man of God that speaks, he used to speak over your life and things happen. The day dishonor comes in. Hallelujah. That day, the man can bless you again. Let him be putting up smoke and fire because the anointing only responds to honor. Let's read the Bible. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 1. It's an understanding. I need you to understand that. You see, in the realm of the spirit, the way the anointing operates is that the anointing flows down. How does the anointing flow? It flows down. Glory to God. The anointing does what? It flows down. Glory to God. So, if you want to be blessed by the anointing, how many of you did physics in secondary school? There is something we call potential difference. 
What it means is that creates a potential difference in such a way that a portion is higher than the other so that things can flow. You see that? So when it comes to the anointing, it doesn't matter if the person is younger than you. You see that? But this person is anointed and carries something you need. You create a potential difference. You put yourself in a place where you are ready to receive. Because it's just like oil upon the head of Heron. It flows down. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 7. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. You see that? Glory to God. Now, this is not a measure of qualities. Not saying one is more quality than the other. No. It's a, a, a creation of a potential difference to be blessed. The next verse. It says, and here, men. Okay, this was talking about Titan. But there is that verse also that talks about oil upon the head of Aaron flowing down. You see that? But in this generation, how do we teach people the oppression of the anointing? When we have a generation that honor has been eroded from their system. You travel to some countries now. I, I remember there was a place. Uh, <laughs> it was such a funny experience. You know, we went to, and um, the person said, you know, um, he was having a particular health challenge and said, I heard that if you say something, that the health challenge will go. You know, a white guy. I heard that, you know, you're so powerful. You know, if you say something, the health challenge will go. I was looking at him. <laughs> Do you know what you're talking about? Hallelujah. You think I just say something? I said, no, that's not true. Amen. But where do I start announcing and explaining from? It says, hey, hello, hi, how are you? I heard if you say something, you know, you just say something, I didn't hear a challenge, we just go. I'm wondering. I'm like, do you guys? <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. Amen and amen. I say, you know what? Do you know what faith is? I said, I don't know what faith is. I said, okay. You know what mercy is? I don't know what mercy. I don't know where I want to start from. Glory to God. Well, I just I just said a simple word of prayer. Thank God. But what am I saying? How do I mean you want to preach? Oh Lord, have mercy. Okay, let me just stay off that. But what am I saying to you? That listen, honor is the principle of God's kingdom. Is a spiritual force that when you put it to work, a lot can happen. It is the same principle that call, that demands of you to give to your parents. is honoring them. You see that? Praise the Lord. So let me quickly bring this to a close. There is something I need to talk about, and it's about life on the internet for ministers. Life on social media. Life on hair for ministers. Now, I'm just going to say a little about this right now. I want to call the consciousness of us all to the fact that the internet has become, you know, um, um, a place 
where we dwell. Everybody has to open up our hearts, or we all have to open up our hearts and receive this reality. Things are changing. Glory to God. And my question to you is, who are you on internet? Because right now, people are beginning to take up personalities on internet. And this is key. Who do you stand to represent? Are you a minister of the Most High God? I've seen so many anomalies on internet. I was not even really giving to it until the Holy Spirit started speaking to me. And it actually started with refined. When he told me to bring refined, you know, on air, mentoring came on, on internet. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That was my first time that I would even open up, you know, to internet. And thank God I did. I'm, I'm coming up. Some of my daughters feel like, mommy, mommy. I'm never in a rush. I follow God. Glory to God. You see that? So, I have noticed some anomalies. I see ministers do some things on internet that we really need to check. Amen. So that our emotionalism is not carried to internet. Glory to God. Can you produce both light and darkness at the same time? Can you bring out sweet, I mean, fresh water and at the same time bring out salt water? Who are you on internet? There are some people that, um, of course, I understand the place of business where you want to do business and you talk about your business and all that. There is nothing wrong about that. But let me say this to you. If you are an ordained pastor, I will encourage you to have two different accounts. So that you are not talking about um, this, talking about this, and you say church program. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. Of course, you can bring up your church program so that people who also watch your adverts can see it. But I'm talking about a platform where you can actually stand and carry out your ministry. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some will say for global reach. I don't have any issue with that. I'm talking about ordained pastors. I have seen ordained pastors, you know, bring up things. Let me, let me give you an example of one that I saw. Um, this person is an ordained pastor. And um, on the internet page, the person tries to, you know, show the businesses that maybe people around the person does, okay? And you are going to see clothes of Jesus Christ. We must not wear it to church. And this pastor is advertising it on her page. What are you doing? You are validating it. Amen. You are doing what? You are validating it. You see, either on internet or off internet, never misrepresent what you stand for. If not, you will lose your message. Glory to God. Amen and amen. Stand for what you stand for. You see that? And I want to encourage you. It's just a thing of representation. So she shows all sorts on her page. 
Not just for her. I believe it's just a mindset that uh, people that are close to me, I want to help them, you know, have a good followership. I want to help them advertise what they do. It's a good one. I'm not against it. But please don't misrepresent what you stand for. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Amen and amen. And finally, let me just hand this over to you. Let me stop that internet one. But what I'm saying is, let your internet really represent who you are. Now, don't think, I don't want you to misunderstand me. I believe in the Esther message so much. You know, the book of Esther is that book where God was present on all the pages and chapters, but God was never mentioned once. Receive such wisdom. You see that? We need such wisdom for music ministers these days. As a believer, there are minstrels and there are Christians who are music ministers. Everybody does not need to sing praise and worship. Please understand it. We are in a world where those that are influencing the youths are influencing them with the forces of darkness. Believers, we need to rise. I want to have a birthday for my baby. We need songs. I'm laying a demand on you, music minister, on this group. We need songs. Songs that you can sing from A to Z and not necessarily mention the name of God. But yet, every sentence speaks God. Songs. That the whole world we embrace and we put in their mouth. But yet, they minister the intents of God's kingdom. Yet, God was not mentioned once. Receive wisdom. Glory to God. And that's why you see too many people fighting. Fight this one. Jesus is good. Another one, Jesus is mighty. Amen. Yes, Jesus is good. Jesus is mighty. Not every music minister is a minstrel. There's such a thing as minstrels. When you look at Nathaniel Bassey, that's a minstrel. He's not just singing. He's communicating spirits through the instrumentality of worship, of music. You see that? Hallelujah. And you know, he's going to sing, mention God, give God, you know, talk about Jesus, give us an atmosphere of the spirit. You see that? But where are the believers who can sing wisdom songs? One of the things, you know, that helped me as a youth were the kind of wisdom songs that were available at that time. And, you know, funny enough, many of them, maybe that was even where I started getting, you know, introduced to Yoruba language. And maybe I started liking it. Many of those songs were sung in Yoruba. We sit down and help you analyze. You have come to life. Now you are here. What will you become tomorrow? It depends on your decisions today. We are not, we are not hearing that one now. There was one I was hearing one day. Conga. Hey, hey, conga. I'm like, what's the sense? In this, I just, I went somewhere. And they were playing the music. And I'm like, what is this? It's irritating. What is conga? Eh, eh? Conga, conga. What is it? I don't even know the meaning. There is no sense in that song. And it's everywhere. 
Hallelujah. There was another one I went somewhere and you know, they were playing this music. I was just irritated in my spirit. That what is this? And children are putting these songs in their mouth. This guy was talking about drugs. And so the children are singing it. What generation are we going to birth? What I'm saying to you is that how we affect the generation is beyond the pulpit ministry. Remember we started that you have a calling. And not everyone is called to stand behind the pulpit and preach. It's time in our generation to open up our spirits and begin to locate what God is calling us into. Where are people whose ordination is to affect teenagers in their generation? Where are the storybooks on your inside that I can safely give my son to read and he's fine? That I can safely give my daughter, teenage daughter to read and she's fine? Many of the, many of the, I, I, I know a child who loves reading so much. Amen. But check out the novels that are available. And they are the common ones. The good ones are not common. They are commonly available everywhere. We are believers. What are we doing? Must our children keep reading storybooks from 1930s? When are we going to rise? Our, you can imagine. I want to read to a three-year-old, a four-year-old child. I'm reading. And so he went to Wooden Town. And when the animals are not in Nigeria, when the, this one was, the child will be wondering, now what are you talking about? But when you carry our own local, even you will not want to read it to the child. <laughs> because then, eh, that went to the bush. And Oh, Lord, have mercy. What am I saying? It is time to stand up. It is time to take our place. It is time to be the ministers that we have. Listen, life is about fulfilling your destiny. And your destiny is to be. And here is yours. Hallelujah. For some of you, it's in the fashion world. You know, one of my daughters was telling me of recent that, um, you know, she, she's in the fashion world. That someone called her and said, if you want to survive in this fashion world, you have to solo naked clothes. So, ah, she said, so why did I come into the fashion world? I said, you see, whoever is going there to change anything, you must carry the anointing. It's not only pastor that will carry the anointing. You want to cause a change in the fashion world? You go to any, mini, any store right now. What is happening is, what do you call that one? You know. Plunging. That one, they will show the breast. That's what is everywhere now. Everybody show it up. Show it up. Show it. That's what is everywhere now. Hallelujah. You want to cause a change in that field? You better go anointed. It tells you you are a minister. Who are you? You are a minister. In conclusion, live life from understanding. Amen. Live life. Let this thing settle in you. Don't let any circumstances or situation, no matter how unpalatable it is, bring you to a corner in life where you begin to sow negative seeds. Those seeds are just being sown for mighty harvests. Check out the seeds you are sowing. Hallelujah. I want to call some of us to repentance. Amen. You know it. You've been sowing negative seeds. 
For some of you, it's in your words. For some, it's in your responses to people. They have done what is wrong against you. I'm not fighting about that. But live from understanding. Hallelujah. I want us to begin to pray right now. I want us to begin to pray. Oh, I want us to begin to pray. I see the spirit of God beckoning onto women on this platform. It's time to live from understanding. Stop living by how you feel. It's a time to detach you from feelings and emotions that have had you bound these years. It is time to move you to begin to live from understanding. If you need to repent about anything, the moment is now. I want you to go to God and begin to ask for forgiveness of sins. Ask him to forgive you. If there is anyone you need to forgive, call the person after this meeting and forgive. Listen, it's not so much about what that person has done, but the enemy trying to help you sow the seed of hatred and home forgiveness. They are the opposite of love. But change it. Change it. Live from understanding. Refuse to live by circumstances. Let go. Forgive that person now. I see someone there. You are so hot against your mom. The Lord sent me to you. He says, let go. Don't repeat the same history. Break that negative circle in your family. Let it go. Let it go. Go and make it right. Hallelujah. Show the supernatural life. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lift up your hands and worship Jesus. Oh, thank him and give him praise. Lord, we worship you for the word you've sent to us tonight. Oh, spirit of God, brood upon your hearts, the heart of your children. Brood upon the hearts of your children. Brood upon the hearts of your children with, with these words, Lord. And help us to live from divine understandings. Help us to live as men that have depth in you. Help us to begin to respond to life supernaturally. Take us beyond the zone of just circumstances and circumstances, And bring us into the zone of the reality of God's realm. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. There is someone there for the first time. You are having a open vision for the first time. The first time. It has never happened to you before. A open vision. You're seeing clearly. Yes. <laughs> the glory of God is right there with you. There is someone there right in this meeting. You see a new line of business. Something you are going to do. It's a new line. It just opens up to you. You just know that this is what is right to do right now. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I see healings going on right now. 
Lay your hands on anywhere you require healing in your body. In the name of Jesus, the name higher and greater than every other name, I declare you are healed in Jesus' name. I take authority over every foul spirit of affliction, every foul spirit inflicting sicknesses and diseases over the bodies and the minds of these ones. In the name of Jesus, lose your grip over them in Jesus' name. By the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And in the name of Jesus, there is no distance in the spirit. Be healed in Jesus' name. Now begin to do the things that you could not do before. I command that pain is gone. You will never know it again. That pain is gone. It will never come back again. I see the Lord restoring menstrual cycles here. There is someone, your cycle used to be regular. All of a sudden, it has become so irregular. You can't even plan anything around it. The Lord says it is restored in this meeting. Oh, there is someone with pain. Pain, menstrual pain. There is healing for you. Not only are you healed of that pain right now, you will never know that pain again. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. There is someone with an eye pain. You can't explain it. Your eye has just been paining you. Check it now. That pain is gone. The pain is gone, says the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Hey, glory to God. I see the Lord healing someone of asthma in this meeting. Asthma. They've, you've always been known to be asthmatic. That has changed. Aha. Yes, that's the anointing. It's all over you. No more. All your life, you would not need in Ella anymore. Hey, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 I see someone there is like you are on an operation table and the Lord is opening up your womb and your reproductive system is like you are in an operation room and I see angels walking on you right now. The hindrance is removed. I see it is taken out. I see the passageway is true. I see angels walking on you. Now conceive in the name of Jesus. All the glory of God is here. The power of God is here. Oh, thank you, Father. Deep calling unto deep right now. Aha. Like gushes of living waters. Aha. I call for the prophets amongst you. I command a prophetic breakfast in the name of Jesus. Ah, baria tede ida 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 maha egani gaura ba hatia ka hatia mananana di shataya. Oh, vremenende gedo sute bediate. There is someone that you have words already. It has never happened to you before, but the words are just coming up in your spirit. Begin to give the words, give the words if possible, record it, and just you know send the word that is relevant to us. Hallelujah. We want to hear thus hear the Lord. I awaken intercessors in this place. Bade Baha, the spirit of grace and supplication, resting, resting, yes, on you. Yes, yes, yes. Kibarakaida Bahande Gedo Sute Bedi Hate. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lift up those hands. There is someone here. You are a teacher of God's word. 
I see oil poured upon your lips. Oil. You are going to taste oil on your lips. I mean, in your tongue right now. You're going to taste oil. Oil is poured on your mouth. <laughs> you speak as the very, very, very mouthpiece of God. In teaching. For it's prophetic teaching. See at the Lord. Hallelujah. Lift up those hands and worship the benevolent God. He's been so good to us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All right. The Lord just hijacked today from the normal curriculum. I believe you were blessed. I believe you heard God. I believe an understanding has been ministered to you. I believe that you begin to act on what you heard today. Amen. It is well with you in Jesus' name. Now I commit you to God and I commend you to the word of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. I declare that God causes the light of his countenance to shine upon you and you are blessed forever in Jesus' name. Amen. See you tomorrow at the video. God bless you. Bye.